Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Baba Kama daf Kuftes Zayin. We left off on daf Kuftes Vav Amid Beis. Alicia left off about 15 lines from the end of the page at... 10 lines from the end of the page at Amar Mar, yeah? Okay, today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander, in honor of his wife and children, and Lila Nishmas' mother, Golda Basimcha, Allah Shalom, also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times, and Atzlacha for our soldiers and for our captives, and also by Gordon Weingarten, in memory of the yard site of his father, uh, Avram ben Asher Pinchas, Allah Shalom, the Nisham Shavn Aliyah. We thank all of the sponsors very, very much for the sponsorship. So, uh, again, we are uh, holding uh, 10 lines from the bottom of the page at Amar Mar. So, the Gemara is going to discuss the Brisa that we spoke about yesterday of Eser Chavios to discuss what the Chilik is between Yayin and, uh, and Shemen. Why it is that a Beshemen lo Yasakain, that uh, you're not supposed to make. Chavis uh, that broke into Trumas Meiser on the other Chavios, whereas by Yayin that you can't, you're allowed to do that. And then the Gemara is going to go back to discuss the various cases in the Mishnah where you destroy something of your own or allow something of your own to get destroyed in order to save that which belongs to somebody else and what the other person's chiyuvim toward you are. So the Gemara is going to discuss why it is that the halacha is that way in each of those uh, in, in each of those cases. The Gemara is then going to talk about and what if it doesn't work out or it works out differently than you imagined. Meaning you said, okay I'm, I'm, my chamar is not worth as much as your chamar, so I'll tell you what I'll save your chamar, but uh, instead of saving my chamar, and then you'll pay me back for my chamar. So the is going to say, yeah, and what happens if you go and you save the other guy's chamar, and then your chamar just swims out of the water and comes up and says, I'm fine, I'm okay today. So then uh, do you still get paid for your chamar if your chamar survives that whole ordeal, even though you didn't do anything to save it? Or what if you say, don't worry, I'll I'll save your chamar, but then you don't know how to save a donkey, and uh, the donkey, uh, his donkey still dies. And so your donkey dies, and his donkey dies. So does he still have to pay you for uh, having tried to save uh, to save his donkey? So the Gemara is going to discuss uh, 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 certain halachos of a shayara of a caravan that uh, that travels together, and uh, and one person suffers a loss, or there's an attack on the caravan, and uh, in some way everybody needs. To uh, to contribute to uh, to something. So the question is, how do we divide up a contribution? If let's say they're attacked and someone demands money from them, so one guy's carrying a million dollars of cash with him, another guy's carrying ten dollars of cash with him. So do they each have to pay the same amount of cash? Do they ever? Does everyone have to pay the people uh, equally? Then the Gemara is going to discuss, uh, going to quote a brisa about people who are traveling in a in in, in a midbar, um, and uh, and and uh, the Gemara is going to have a uh, a problem with the Brisa and three different uh, three different explanations of the Brisa. Then the Mishnah on the bottom of Ambez is going to talk about uh, a, a, a case of someone who steals a field and uh, how to do the Hashava on such a uh, on such a field. So let's begin. Amar Mar, ten lines from the bottom of the page. Andaf Kuftes Vav Amar Beis. It says Amar Mar Lo that if you have a chavis of, of, of shemen that broke, you're not supposed to make a trumas meiser on the other chavios miprei hefsid kohen because that's costing the kohen. So it says Mar, well Maishna shemen deroy lahadlik. Why is it that by shemen where there's a loss to the kohen, even even though it's already tame, so it's not going to be able to be eaten anyway, and yet we still call that a loss to the kohen because it's roy lahadlik because you can use shemen 
for something else. You could use shemen for lighting. Well, yayinami ro'i leziluf. Wine also has an alternate purpose. Wine also, even if it's tameh, you're able to do something with it. You could be mezalifit. You could uh, sprinkle it on the floor of your house. It makes a nice aroma in the house. And that was a fairly common usage for wine in those times. Vechitema ziluf lav Maybe you're going to say, no, the fact that you're able to be mezalif the yayin, that's not really considered anything. That's not considered a, a loss. That's not considered substantial. Uh, because it's not a significant use of the wine. But Shmuel taught us the name Rabbi Chia. Shosin milog milog b'sela umizalfin milog b'shtayim. That when you buy wine to drink, you pay a sella for it. But if you're going to buy wine to do ziluf with, you'll pay twice as much for such wine. So apparently, ziluf is not lav milse. Ziluf is not something insignificant. It's 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 even more significant than drinking is. So it's a it's a davar it's something that's a significant thing to do so why do we not consider that a loss of the a loss to the Kohen when you're taking away the, the ability of uh, doing ziluf with yayin even though he can't drink it anyway so it says we're talking about new wine where it doesn't have a strong fragrance and therefore it's not if you had wine that was that also would be a hefsid to the Kohen so if you have shemen that's tamay then you can say okay I'll just make this Shem and Shumas Meiser, and it's all being destroyed, it's all being lost, that's considered a hefzid to the Kohen, because even though he can't eat it, he could use it for hadlaka. But if you have Yayin that's Tameh, and it's in a broken barrel, and it's all being lost, it's all being destroyed, and you make it Shumas Meiser, that is not a loss to the Kohen if it's Yayin Chadash, if it's new wine, because he has no use for it, he cannot drink it, and he can't use it for Ziluf, because it's, it's, yayin, it's yayin Chadash. Says the Gemara, well, there's something great about new things, and that is, they always become old if you just leave them around for long enough. So what do you mean new wine has no use? Just let it sit around for a while and then it will become uh, will become a davar chashuv when you let it become old. So how could you say that it's not a loss to the uh, to the Kohen? So it says, you wouldn't want to leave it around for too long because if you leave a yayin, that's it's, it's shaltruma, that's tameh, around for too long, it's asking for trouble. Someone's going to say, oh, wine, and they're going to take a drink out of it and that's not, uh, that's not permitted and they're Therefore, you can't leave it around for too long. So therefore, it's not considered to be ra'oi for anything. And that's, a, uh, that's, a, that's therefore not a hefzid to the, uh, to the Kohen because there's nothing he could do with yayin chadash. He cannot drink it because it is tamay. He cannot be mezalif because it is chadash. And he cannot leave it around because that's uh, going to cause someone to drink it because they're going to forget about the fact that it's tamay. So it says Gemara, well, if we're really worried about takala, shemen ami de takala. By shemen also could lead to takala. Because Shemin, that's Tameh, uh, you're, what are we saying? What, what is the usage you can get out of it? You can't drink it, you can't eat it. The usage you can get out of it is lighting it. How do people do, how do people use Shemin for lighting? They're not going to pour a whole jug of oil into the nair and light it. You know, it's like by Chanukah in the old days, before they came in prefab, you'd have this big bottle and you'd pour a little bit into each of the things each night. And then at the end of Chanukah, you still had half a bottle left and you save that till next year. It takes a while to use up Shemin that's uh, that's in the bottle, so it's not a it's not a hefsid. So uh, so the, uh, the just like yayin is not a hefsid because there's no usage for it. You don't really have a usage for shemen because you should have to you should have the same concern of takala when you're leaving shemen around for hadlaka. So it says more demanach bekli ma'us. No, we're talking about where the shemen is in a kli ma'us. It's in a gross kli where you would never drink out of that. You would never drink or eat that shemen 
anyway. So that's why we're not concerned that it's going to be Asalute Takala. The whole Takala is that someone might use it for consuming it. No, you're not going to consume it if it's if it's in a Kli that is Ma'us. Well, Yayin Nami Manachli B'Kli Ma'us. So I have an idea. If you want to keep the Yayin Chadash around so that it will become Yayin Yashon, so that it will be Ra'u Yiluf, just put it, and, and your only concern is, well, Asalute Takala, so put it in a Kli Ma'us, and then it's not going to be Bali De Takala. Says Gemara, well, you obviously don't know how Ziluf works. When you do Ziluf, it has to be, the wine has to be pure, it has to be uh, very clean. So if you're going to put it in a clean Ma'us, that makes it not Ra'il Ziluf. The whole point of the wine, the whole point of letting the wine become old is so that you can use it to sprinkle for its fragrance, for the aroma. You put it in a clean Ma'us and it's not going to be able to do the job. So the Gemara, the Gemara explains that this Isser of leaving Yayin Shaltruma Tameya around, because it's going to be also the Takala, might in fact be a machlokas tanoim. Whether there is such a concern that you're just not allowed to leave truma around because it's asilidei takala. The takala atzba tanoihi. This issue of asilidei takala is really a machlokas tanoim. Titania if you have a barrel of wine of truma that becomes tamay, so omrim pour it all out at once because we're choshish for takala. omrim says, no, leave it around. You'll use it for ziluf. So apparently the, there is a machlokas beshamay beisilol whether asil de takala is a really uh, is is a real concern. So Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi ani achriya. Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi says, oh, I'll, I'll come up with a hachraa how to resolve this. Machlokas, meaning even though it's machlokas beisham beisilol, I'll figure out a shita in between that makes sense. But bias, if the, the tame barrel of wine is already in your house, tasa ziluf, then you can do ziluf, and you don't have to worry that it's going to be de takala by the time it gets to your house because it's already in your house. So there will be less of a lag of time between now and when you're going to be able to use it. Ubasada, but if it's in the field, tishafe chakol, then spill it out because by the time you schlep it back to your house. That's too much of a uh, of, of a gap of time, and that's going to be also de takala. Ikeda amri. Others say he made a different chilek. That be yashan if the wine is already yashan, where you can use it right away uh, for ziluf because it already is aromatic and therefore it's already rotwi for ziluf. So tasa ziluf and uh, then do ziluf with it. Ubechadash. But if it's new wine where you're first going to have to age it and only then it's going to be royal ziluf, then tishavet hakol. Then spill it all out because we have to be choshish that by the time it gets old, it's going to be. But the chilik is not between bias and sada, because apparently, according to this ikada amri, the amount of time it takes to schlep it from the field into the house, I'm not so worried about the takala. The amount of time it takes to age new wine, oh, that's a lot of time. That I'm going to be worried about takala. So that's the hachra'a that Rabbi Shmuel Rabbi Yossi made in between the sheet of Beshame Vesilil. So Amrullah, the Chum said back to Rabbi Shmuel, I'm sorry, but your hachra'a in the machlokas is really just a third opinion, so you're arguing both on Beishamai and Beisilel, and we don't pass like you against both Beishamai and, and Beisilel. It's not considered a hachra, meaning even though we normally have a rule that Allah kedivrei ha-machria, that we pass like a machria, like uh, someone who comes up with the compromise approach, but that's only, as Rashi explains over here, when the original shitos 
gave an indication that there's room for a chilek, uh, and they're just not making that chilek. Meaning, had Beis Shammai said uh, that bein biyashan bein bechadash tishaf echakol, and Beis had said bein biyashan bein bechadash, you know, uh, leave it around, right? And the tasaziluf. Had they said that, they at least would have indicated that there's some room to distinguish between chadash and yashan, and they're saying we're just not making that distinction. But they didn't say those words. They didn't say bein bechadash bein biyashan. They didn't say bein babayis, bein basada, whether it's in the house or the field. They didn't make any of these chilukim. So when you come up with a chiluk on your own, that's not a real hachra'a, and therefore we do not paskin halacha kedivrei amachria in in such a case. That's how uh, that's that's how Rashi understands um, the, uh, the 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 kasha that they ask is that in Yivamus uh, the Gemara says that blav hachi. Uh, Basilil is a rabbi over the Beishamai. It's just Beishamai was more mechudad, and therefore the Chacham were not machria uh, uh, like like the rabbim before the Baskal that came out and said the Allah was like like Basilil. So uh, what is Rabbi Shlomo Rabbi Yossi adding uh, to be machria like Basilil? From uh, you could be machria like Basilil uh, based on uh, t- t- the the halacha ke rabbim. Meaning really the halacha. Meaning what we're saying is what we're saying is because you're not a hachra, you're not a machria. It's Obvious how we paskin. We should paskin like the rove, but uh, and, and uh, we should we should follow the the majority opinion. So there's no chiluk uh, to, uh, to to be mechalik, and therefore we should be going like the beisilol. So there's a lot of discussion in the rishonim over here. That's this long tosos about hachra ashlishis and what exactly the rules of hachra ashlishis are. But tosos starts out by saying near liri ikur kapir shakuntras. That the way Rashi says is probably the correct way to learn the gemara, and then he has a long discussion about it. Okay. The Mishnah said that if someone says, I'll save your item and you give me, uh, you pay me for mine, so then you have to pay it. So am I, why would the owner of the honey have to pay the bal hayayin, the value of his yayin? Meaning they both have broken barrels. Uh, I mean, there's only one, they both have barrels. One of them is a barrel of wine. One of them is a barrel of honey. The, the barrel of honey is broken. It's all spilling out unless the bal hayayin saves it. Honey is more expensive than wine. So the bal hayayin says, okay, I'll pour out my wine and I'll save your honey, but you need to reimburse me for my uh, for my wine. So we said, yeah, he has to reimburse him if he saves the honey. So v'nei malei, but uh, w- w- why can't the baladvash say to the balayayin, mishata anibach? I, yeah, I said I was going to pay you for the wine, but I was just joking. I wanted you to save my honey. So I, I, I wasn't serious. That's a lot to pay for someone to just take a barrel and catch your honey to pay a full value of a barrel of wine. I obviously wasn't serious about, uh, about paying you all of that. And, and, and after all, it may sound like a funny svarit to say Meshat Anibach, but we do say it sometimes. Milo Tanya, don't, don't we after all have a brysa that says, if a person was running away from, uh, from jail, we're assuming that he was jailed uh, in, in, improperly, meaning by some, uh, by some criminals or whatever, and he's running away from, uh, from captivity, let's say. And there's a ferry that he's able to, to, uh, to get to the other side of the river that's right there that will help him escape. So the guy who's running away says to the Balasvina, he says, Tol dinar, I'll give you a dinar, which is an exorbitant sum of money for a simple ferry ride. Vevirani, as long as you take me on a ferry ride across the river. So, the halacha is that the guy who owns the ferry only gets whatever the normal fare is to go on a ferry. Alma, uh, 
It seems that the reason he only has to pay the normal fare is because the guy can say, I was joking with you. I wasn't really going to pay a dinar. That's a crazy amount to pay for a simple ferry ride. Why is this any different? Meaning that's a price that tells us the halacha is that the fellow could say, that even though he made an agreement that he's going to pay a dinar, he doesn't really have to pay a dinar. So over here also, can't the baladvash say, yeah, I know I agreed to pay for a barrel of wine, but that's insane. So obviously I'm not going to pay for a barrel of wine. So says Mara, No, the case in our Mishnah is more comparable to the Seifa of that very same Brisa. Because the Seifa says, told the Avirani that uh, take this dinar as your reward and as your payment and, pay, and take me over the river. Then he has to pay his full, uh, his full payment. What changed? Why is that a different case than when he says, here, I'll give you a dinar if you, uh, if you take me over the, uh, the river. Why is it in the Reisha? He said, and he doesn't have to pay the dinar. And in the second case, he has to pay the dinar. What happened in the second case? In the second case, it's leaving out a very important detail that the ferry driver is not only a ferry driver, he's also a fisherman. So his time is valuable, meaning in the time that it takes him to drive the ferry, he would also be catching fish. You know, you're costing me not just the cost of a ferry ride by uh, taking you across, you're costing me the, uh, the, the lost opportunity to be able to catch fish, which may be worth a, uh, a whole dinar, and that's why you have to pay me back the dinar, whereas in the ratio we're talking about just a simple ferry driver. He's not a fisherman, and therefore his time is not that valuable, so you could say, I would never have paid you the dinar, so all I owe you is the schartircha for taking me across the river, and therefore in our Mishnah, it's more similar to the Seifa, because the Balayayin is taking a real loss. All of his Yayin is being poured out on the ground, so he's taking a real loss. Ah, oh, that's like the ferry driver who's a fisherman who's giving up on his opportunity to catch fish. So, both my donkey and someone else's donkey are being... Uh, are, 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 are under threat of drowning. Uh, my donkey is only worth 100. His donkey is worth 200. And I say, I'll leave my donkey and I'll save your donkey. So all I get is the, uh, the schar that it takes. I uh, mean, not I say, I do. I leave my donkey and I save your donkey. So all I get is however much someone would pay someone to be a lifeguard for a donkey. But if I made it tonight initially and I said, listen, I have a donkey drowning also and I'm willing to abandon it to save your more valuable donkey, then you have to give me the entire value of my donkey. So it sounds like a very similar case to the case of the uh, of the yayin and the dvash, meaning it's the same halacha. It's, it's just, you know, one was talking about uh, food items and the other one was talking about donkeys. So, uh, why does the mission have to tell me both cases? So it says, if it only would have told me about the barrels of wine and honey, I would say only over there, if you make it tonight, does the guy actually owe you all the money? Misham kapasid because you're pouring out your wine biadayim, you're actually actively taking your wine and pouring it out but in the Seifa where it's only, where it's a donkey is just going to drown on its own so I would have said that even if you make such a tonight with the guy, you make a deal with the guy, you're only going to get paid whatever, whatever someone would normally pay to save a donkey and if it only would have taught me the case of the Seifa of the donkey where, uh, where, where I'm not killing my donkey, I'm just letting 
letting it be and it's going to die on its own it's only in that case that if I don't make it tonight with the guy he's only going to owe me the schar of paying of, of uh, what it costs to, to hire a lifeguard for a donkey because the hefzit of my donkey is just something that happened it's not something that I had to actively do when it comes to the wine where I had to actually pour my wine out in order to have access to the barrel to save your honey so I would have said that even if you didn't make it tonight with him he has to give the full value of the wine that's why he needs to tell me in both cases that this chilek exists that if I don't make it tonight you only give me scharo and if I do make it tonight and I tell you look I'm going to save it but you need to pay me back then you give me the full uh, the full value of um, of my loss whether that loss happened memela or whether that loss happened actively so now the Gemara says okay let's go back to that case of the donkey two shaila shaila number one what happens if it doesn't work out the way you had planned I go and I try to make a heroic effort to save your expensive donkey at the, at, at, at the risk of losing my donkey and then my donkey uh, comes out of the river on his own turns out he has uh, he, he, he's a good swimmer never knew that about him just learned it today when, uh, when he comes out of the river and, he's, uh, and he survives this entire deal so Mahu what's the din do we say that when I went down into the river to save your donkey so I'm mafgir my donkey so my donkey is considered to be already lost and therefore at that moment when I was willing to give it up and everyone thought it was going to die you became chayiv to pay me for the value of my donkey the fact that I got lucky afterwards and it came out that's got nothing to do with you you pay me uh, what you pay me and the fact that my donkey survived should have uh, absolutely nothing to do with you meaning essentially is, 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 is this like an insurance policy that uh, that you're you're paying for the loss, or is it that you're paying uh, because of the risk that I'm, the risk of loss that I'm taking, even if the loss doesn't happen in the end of, in the end of the day? So He says uh, they had rachamim on him, and the fact that he went that he you know maybe it was the zchus of that mitzvah to go and save uh, the other guy's donkey that his donkey was saved. So uh, therefore, the guy has to pay him the full amount of money as if his donkey had died even though his donkey in fact had uh, had, had had not died and we bring a raya that there is such a svara called because we had a story with Rav Safra that he was going in, uh, in a shayara, a caravan of people together and uh, together with this caravan there was a lion that was escorting them on their way and was protecting uh, all of their stuff the lion, it was uh, like a watchdog except it was a lion, a little more ferocious so it was uh, protecting them along the way from, uh, from uh, attacks of any chayos or listim or anything like that. So, their contract with the lion in order to keep the lion happy is all they had to do was they had to feed it a donkey each night. So each night someone would give them one of their donkeys, meaning they're each traveling with hundreds of animals, let's say. So it's a small price to pay. I'll throw the, the lion, uh, my animal tonight. You'll throw one of your donkeys tomorrow night. And then over the course of the time, it's a, it's a pretty uh, reasonable security fee to pay. When it came to Rav Safra's turn to pay up the 
lion to give him a donkey to eat for dinner that night. Rasafra threw him a donkey. The lion just, uh, he was tired. He just went to sleep. He didn't, uh, you know, he wasn't interested in eating that uh, donkey. So Kadim Rasafra was So right away grabbed his donkey back and uh, was Zokha in it. He made a Kenyan on it. said to Ravina, Why did he even need to make a Kenyan on it? Granted, when he when uh, when he was mafkirit in front of the lion for the lion to eat it, adaita da arye afkare. He was mafkirit for the lion, but adaita to kuliyavul afkare. He never made it hefker for the rest of the world that uh, other people should be allowed to come and, and take it. It was only uh, it was only hefker for the lion, and since in the end the lion didn't need it, so it's still his. It does he doesn't need to make a new kinyan on it. So he only did that l'rav chadimilsa. He didn't need to make a kinyan. He did it just that there shouldn't be any complaints. No one should have any any tainas uh, on him. Um, the, so, so what's the raya? So the Nemuka Yosef explains that just like in the story of Rav Safra, when his donkey was saved from the lion, the other Bnei Shayara have no chelek in his donkey. We say Mishamayim, uh, that the, the Mishamayim, they, they gave him this, this gift that he gets to keep his donkey, even though you, the other Bnei Shayara could have said that uh, we, we, uh, we should all benefit from this Hatzalah, because in the other nights, we gave our donkey and uh, we had to lose our donkeys so so too in the Shail of Rav Kana, you have to pay the guy who saved your donkey that which you made it tonight with him even though his own donkey was saved because and the second Bala Khamar has no uh, has no chilek in it um, now uh, as far as whether someone else can be Zoha in that donkey that was saved ooh, that's not the same as in the two cases meaning the case of the drowning donkey that managed to make its way out versus the case of the donkey that was fed to the lion so what if I didn't make it back in time to grab my donkey back and someone else came and grabbed my donkey oh so then in the case of the lion we said look it belongs to Rav Safra it never was Hefker for, every, for everybody it was only Hefker for the lion it wasn't Hefker for everybody so then Rav Safra is the rightful owner no one else could be Zoha in it but when it was uh, when it was the, the case of the donkey that was drowning in the river, then it was hefker lakol. Then it was hefker for everybody. So really, anybody could have gone and taken it back. So it's a little bit of a slightly different application of minashemayim of uh, minashemayim that they had rachamim on him. That uh, because in the case of uh, of Rav Safra, it was mamish on him that they had rachamim, meaning he uh, that that donkey belonged to him the entire time. In the case of uh, of the drowning donkey, so you needed to think quickly in order to uh, to grab it back because someone else could have just as easily grabbed that, uh, that donkey. Okay, and the second suffix in the Gemara is what if it worked out not the way you had planned in the opposite direction? The first Shaila was it worked out not the way you planned in a positive direction. I abandoned my donkey to save yours and then mine was saved too. So everyone you know, was happy. The question is who gets that uh, excess money now of the, uh, you know, so the second case is it doesn't work out at all. Let's say I say I'm going to say you're a more expensive donkey and then I failed I, I was unable to do it so Mahu do you still have to pay me for the loss of my donkey because I gave up my donkey in the attempt to save your donkey so I'm low yeah that's a real good Shaila and uh, once I tell you it's a good Shaila the halacha is that you only get the schar tircha you don't get paid back for your entire uh, for your entire donkey so Eisve the Gemara Rav asks on the Psak of Rebbe that we have a price that says Hasochar Sapo if you hire a worker to bring a cabbage or uh, other types of payros that are very valuable for a, for a sick person 
So you hire someone to go shopping for someone who's ill, and you say that you'll pay him more than people would normally pay for such things because Nebuch, it's a pressing situation. Vahalach and the poel goes, he buys these items, but by the time he comes back, there's no need for them in one direction or the other, and it's irrelevant which direction it is, either because the chala has died already, so he no longer needs these items, or the chala is, has already had a refuah from some other way. He had a, you know, he had some, he had a refuah shlema, and he didn't require these items, so you still have to pay the full amount that you had agreed to pay the guy, even though it was more than you would normally ever pay for such things. So how can Rebbe say that if you're Yarod Lahatzil, the low hitzil, that it's ain't Loel Scharo, shouldn't you have to pay Scharo Mishalem? Meaning, even though uh, it turns out that he didn't deliver exactly, you know, that the need wasn't there because he didn't deliver exactly what he was supposed to deliver, uh, you pay him based on the agreement. So Rebbe says back to Rav, me, Dami, how can you even think to compare the two cases? Hasam Avid Shliach Shlichusei. In the shliach, all you told the shliach is bring me back uh, cabbage and whatever other fruit, and he did exactly as you told him. Meaning he produced what you told him. Your needs changed, but he did exactly what the deal was to do. Whereas hachalov and shliach shlichusei, by the case of saving your donkey, he said, "Look, I'll give up my donkey to save your donkey," and he didn't save your donkey. It may not be his fault. He tried his best. It's fine, but uh, so so he's going to get paid for the schartircha, but. It, but he didn't produce. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. So in that case, you're not going to give him scharu mishalem. You're only going to give him the schar tircha. There's a caravan going in the uh, midbar, and a uh, uh, troops come to uh, to attack it, and uh, they make a pshara with them to pay them off. So the way they divide the cost of paying off the people who are attacking them in order to go on their way is based on how much money each person in the group has. They do not divide it evenly among the number of people in the group. So if you have uh, 10 people traveling together, but there's a huge discrepancy in how much money each of them are carrying with them, and they have to pay $1,000 to, to people who are attacking them. So the people who have more money pay a greater portion of $1,000. People who have less money pay a lesser portion. They don't just divide it $100 each person. Vim sachru tire, but if they hire someone, a security guard, to go with them, then they also have to take into account the number of people because he's, he's there to save not only their money, he's there to save them also. And their lives are all worth the same. But if there's a minute of how to pay such people, even if it only takes one factor or the other into account, the number of people or the amount of money that they're holding, so then you follow whatever the minute is in that place. So the, the, the first halachas that we said, and if you hire a tire, then it's that's when there's no minute But if there's a minute you follow the minute and the chamarin are allowed to make it tonight that anyone who loses his chamar we're going to all chip in to buy him another chamar because we want everyone to have a stake in it the entire time so uh, in case there's an attack of we want everyone to be able to feel the same threat and therefore try to defend our property so we don't want anyone to be walking without property but if it's if it's uh, with negligence then we're not going to replace his chamar because they don't make it tonight for a guy to be but if it's not Bipshia, then we will give him. But if he says, give me, instead of giving me a new Hamar, just give me the money, I'll decide what to do with the money later. But don't worry, I'll take my turn in Shmirah and I'll protect and I'll do what I'm supposed to do. Say, Ain't Shomalo, because he's not going to protect the same way when there's no threat 
to his property. So we need him to have a chamar where there's a threat to his property. So says Mar Pshita, what's the Kiddush of the Brisa? It's Pashut that uh, they, they only made this tonight to, to buy him a chamar so that he could guard it with them. So of course, uh, if, uh, if he doesn't have a chamar, uh, that uh, doesn't accomplish the purpose. So says Mar, Lotsricha, Dizle Chamar Achrina. No, he's not even allowed to say, give me the money, even if he still has another chamar in, uh, in, in that caravan that needs protection. I would have reason, reasonably thought that, uh, that he's still going to guard it because he still has skin in the game. He still has a chamar there. So comes tell me that, no, you would watch it differently if you had two chamarim than you would if you have only one chamar. So the Gemara brings a very similar brisa, but instead of about donkeys, it's about boats. There's a boat traveling. And then uh, there's a wave that's going to uh, threaten to sink the boat. So they have to throw weight overboard. So uh, who has to contribute what to throw overboard? So we make the cheshman based on the weight of items, not based on the value of items. So I, I, you know, uh, we, everyone's got to throw 10 pounds of stuff overboard, even though one person might be carrying something that has very little value and someone else is carrying something that's extremely valuable. But if there's a minag, then you follow that minag. And they're allowed to make it tonight. That if there's a caravan of small boats traveling, that if someone loses their boat, that will all pay for a new boat for him. But if he loses it uh, with negligence, then we're not going to provide him a new boat. If it's without negligence, then we'll provide him with a new boat. And if the guy initially goes uh, to a place, he, he separates from the rest of the caravan of boats, and he goes to a place where boats aren't supposed to go, and therefore his boat gets ruined, well then we're not going to buy him a new boat. Where did he go off from the rest of us? So says Mar Pshita, isn't that last uh, halacha pretty obvious? He went somewhere that was uh, absolute negligence. Trey Ashley. The water level is different in Nisan than it is in Tishrei. Nisan is right after the rainy season, so uh, the water is a much higher level. So people typically travel closer to the shoreline, whereas uh, whereas in Tishrei they travel a little further from the shoreline. Because the Biyom Nisan Limakom Tishrei. He didn't go to a place where nobody ever goes. It's just that in Nisan he went to the place where people typically would travel in Tishrei, a little more further in to the water. But in Nisan the water is raging in that area, so it's dangerous during. Nisan to go there. So I might have thought that he, he was doing whatever he was in the habit of doing, and therefore he's not considered Poshaya. And therefore comes tell me, no, in Nisan, that's called Poshaya. There's a group traveling in the Midbar, a guy comes to attack, and uh, one of them comes and saves the money of everybody in the Shayara. So he's saved for all of them, and even everyone reclaims their items. But if he says before he saved it, I'm saving it just for myself, then he gets to keep everything. So it says, well, If we're talking about a case where anybody could have done this, he's just the one that happened to have done it. So then I feel the safe Nami Lamsa. So why would he get to keep everything when he's And if it's the kind of case where only he was capable of saving this and everyone's stuff would have been lost if it weren't for him, then I feel the Then even if he didn't make a special tonight, it should be 
belong to him. He should be able to claim everything for himself. So the Gemara has three answers to explain this price. And number one, we're talking about the case where they are shutafim in the mammon. They're partners in the mammon, and therefore whether uh, their uh, others are able to save it or not able to save it, one of the shutafim could divide up the money and take his even without the askama of his uh, of his chaverim. Amar palig. So if he says that he's being matzla atzmo, so then uh, so. Uh, then, then, then his kavana is to uh, to divide the shutfus and whatever he saves, he's saving for his chelak. Lo amar lo palik. But if he doesn't say, then he doesn't have such a kavana to be mechalik the the shutfus. It is obviously assuming he only saves up until the value of his own stuff. He didn't save everything. Rava amar hacha bepolin askinon. Second approach is that we're talking about polin. And it's really the Bailam was not able to uh, to save it. So Karav, Damrav, Pol, Yachalaksma, Fil Yom, but we're assuming like Rav that a Poel is allowed to back out of a job in even halfway through the day. The Kamadullah but as long as he hasn't backed out, whatever he does is considered to be on behalf of the Balabais. The and uh, the fact that he's able to back out, Taima Achrinahu, is for a different reason. The reason he's allowed to back out halfway through the day is Xerus Hakasov. So the Powell has his chus to back out from his schirus, and he's not like an Eved who cannot back out of his avdus. So if the Powell says, I'm going to save for myself, he's backing out of his schirus, and therefore he's able to be zochah in it. And then the final answer of Ashi Yomar, the case is, others could have saved it, but only al So Gali Daite, if he's Megaladas, that he's being matzil for himself, and the Bailim heard that and they didn't say anything, Satsariah, that they gave up on it because they think it's too difficult. But Liatzmo, if he just does it on his own, Logali Daite, uh, they didn't uh, reveal that they wouldn't do this. So then the Emtza, then it would be uh, split evenly among everybody. Okay, but from tomorrow we'll pick up with the Mishnah on the bottom of Kuvta Zayin and Beis. Have a great day, everybody. Sorry, I was a couple of minutes late.